Hello and welcome to Meditations Through the Book of Romans with me, Chris Wickland. Today we are on episode 6 and we're still <laughs> in Romans 1 verse 1, hopefully getting to the end of that now. And it says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. So today we're going to try and take a look at this phrase, the gospel of God. Many years ago, my wife Tracy had a dream. And in this dream, people were coming up to her and started to ask her what the gospel was. And she began to answer. Well, as she began to answer, she suddenly became confused as to, well, what is the gospel? How could she explain it simply? Maybe she had become so well versed in theology and correct doctrine that she'd forgotten the very heart of it all and the simplicity of it all. Several years back, I did a, uh, a discipleship program for men, which lasted for a whole year. And one of the modules that we covered was how to preach a simple gospel message. <laughs> well, I was very surprised at the results. For the first eight weeks, it was just awful, absolutely awful. All I was getting was the theology behind the gospel, but, no, but never the gospel itself. I had people going on about the Garden of Eden and the fall, etc., 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 and it was all dry and powerless. But by week 10, they finally got it and ended up doing some really powerful gospel messages that were so good, I wanted to rededicate my life to Jesus, or at least take an offering. We think the heart of the gospel is about Adam and Eve and sin and the law and the prophets, and then came Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. But is that really the gospel? Actually, it's the reasons for the gospel, but not the gospel itself. You see, unbelievers barely believe in Jesus, let alone the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, the law and the prophets and the authority of Scripture. So then, what is the gospel? Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. In other words, it has the power to radically change and transform a person and set them free. Glory be to God. Now, one of my students uh, of the discipleship class just didn't seem to get this about how to preach a gospel sermon. Bless him. His gospel sermons were all about how through Jesus he doesn't sin the way he used to sin. Hmm. Do you think an unbeliever cares about such things? Do you think that telling them that they can choose not to sin anymore through Jesus is really going to cut it? Can you spot the mistake here? You see, that gospel message is actually about sin as the primary message, where Jesus is, becomes then the secondary message. It needs to be flipped the other way around. It's all about Jesus. Now, I'm not in any way trying to dumb down the cost of sin here. I'm trying to get the focus on the right place. When we get a headache, we may take a pill to get rid of it, right? But actually, we need to be asking ourselves, what caused the headache in the first place? Don't just deal with the symptoms, go to the root. You see, the root of the gospel is not sin, it's God and Jesus who came to rescue man from sin and its effect. But even that's not really what the gospel is about either. And I'm sure, as I'm saying, people are going, uh, well, no, no, it is about sin. You see, the gospel is about God so loving the world that through Jesus we can come back to God and become adopted children of God and have eternal life. Through the cross, 
the power of Satan and sin is destroyed. Sin and Satan is a component of the gospel, but it is not the heart of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is that God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. John 10.10 The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Galatians 5.1 It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Remember, the superstar or leading role of the gospel is not sin or the devil, it's Jesus. He came to deal with the archenemy, the devil, and sin, so that man can be set free to have eternal life. But what's eternal life? John 17.3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The point of the gospel is freedom and relationship with God. Freedom from the curse of the Torah. Freedom from the grip of sin and addiction. Freedom from Satan and his demons. Freedom from fear of death. Freedom from eternal destruction. Freedom to enjoy God and love and serve him forever. The gospel is a freedom message. Now let's look at the very heart of Jesus' gospel as he said it himself. And he quotes, in, I quote, sorry, from Luke 4, 18 to 19. But here Jesus is quoting from the text of Isaiah. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news, aka the gospel, to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus' gospel was a freedom gospel. The message is about God's love. Jesus is and being sent. Uh, sorry, Jesus' message is about God's love, Jesus himself, and being set free. This is not a wishy-washy, fluffy gospel because it hits sin and the devil hard. It is a gospel that has the power to transform lives, families, and communities and destroy the deeds of darkness, the devil, and sin. It doesn't go on about the Garden of Eden. It doesn't go on about this or that and the gradual revelation of God through man's history. It's not a sermon. The gospel is something completely different. Although you can have the gospel in a sermon, obviously. Acts 10.38, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So back to my men's discipleship class. When the guys were all sharing their really bad gospel sermons, my 19-year-old boy then shared what life was like at his college. It was dark, grim, and quite frankly, very depressing when he shared just how awful things were. The whole group realized with sobering reality that their gospel messages were meaningless tripe to the reality of the pain and suffering of young people. They didn't need to hear the theology of the fall in the Garden of Eden and all that stuff. They needed to see Jesus. They needed to see God, who despite their guilt and shame, loves them and wants to wash them clean from their guilt, shame and sinful ways to give them freedom. Freedom from fear, freedom from depression and suicide, self-harming, etc. Because if, you, if our gospel doesn't offer any kind of freedom to people in deep darkness and bondage, then I suggest... We have to go back and get things sorted 
go back to the drawing board, so to speak, until we can preach a gospel of power. Because the gospel is the power of God to salvation. Hallelujah. Remember, salvation isn't just about getting our sins forgiven and going to heaven when we die by and by. Salvation is a freedom message that doesn't just give you eternal life assurance, but that it breaks the power of Satan, sin, darkness, demons, and sickness of mind, body, spirit, and soul. Because if the gospel we preach doesn't do that, then it's not the gospel Jesus preached. Remember, his gospel, as I read earlier, is the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Hallelujah. Salvation is not just by and by I go to glory when I die. Salvation is a living, active, life-changing reality that leads us into eternity and a living, dynamic relationship with God. This, brothers and sisters, is the gospel that Jesus preached. The 12 apostles preached it. Paul preached it. But what is the message that we are preaching? Does it align with that message? If not, maybe like my wife's dream of not knowing how to share the gospel, we need to go back to the drawing board and maybe get it straight. Maybe it's best we live and practice before we preach, right? Be the living gospel by your own freedom message lived out in your everyday life. Because brothers and sisters, there ain't nothing more powerful than your testimony. We defeat Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. No one can challenge your testimony. Oh, they can challenge scripture. They can challenge interpretation. They can challenge whether Jesus is real or not, but they cannot and never can in any way abrogate or challenge your testimony because that is the truth. We live in a day where all truth is subjective and relative. Well, instead of arguing against that, work with it. You can say, well, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but this is the truth. And this is what Jesus has done to me. And according to your own subjective, subjective relativism, uh, that means, therefore, what I say is true is true for me. And therefore, it is true. And I'm telling you this, that Jesus saved me and he healed me and he did this and he did that and he did that. And because of today's relativism, where they can't question such things because it's your personal truth, they have to listen and they have to, well, acquiesce to what you're saying as being the truth. And, and I'll tell you, that's powerful. The testimony of people is powerful. You know, when, when uh, sometimes we go out in the streets, it's always good to, when we're sharing the gospel, it's always good to share testimonies because people relate to testimonies. They hear someone speaking in their own language. They hear people saying stories that they can relate to because maybe they're there or been there or they're heading there. And, and, and so testimony is powerful. So people may not always, always understand what you mean when you say, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden. But when you start talking about God who sets people free and how he set you free, well, that's powerful because they can't refute it. Now, don't get me wrong. There is absolute truth, which is God. But we do live in a nation where everything is subjective because we live in a postmodernistic world. So use that to your advantage. Personal testimony is one of the most powerful things that you can do in this day and age that will get people's attention because, you know, they don't care what you think about the Bible because they're not interested in it. But when they see that you have had a life in, uh, changing experience of the power of God, well, that's a whole nother story, right? 
But not, I'm also have to, because I have to do loads of caveats with these talks now because I get letters from people saying, well, you know, you should have said this or you didn't say that. I'm not saying that we don't talk about sin and we don't talk about these things because absolutely we do. But I am saying that in the culture that we're in at the moment, personal testimony is really powerful. You know, the times that I, I've, apart from the likes of Billy Graham, to be fair, but the times that I've seen most people come to the Lord are through people that have just, you know, that you go to an evening and they tell their life story and, and how Jesus has got them out of the mess that they were in. And then you just at the end say, hey, who would like to know this God? Who wants to know this Jesus? And then comes the old, good old fashioned altar call. And loads of people give their lives to the Lord. Because you see, in your testimony is the gospel. <laughs> you get it? In your testimony is the gospel. And the gospel really is your testimony as well. That's why it's so powerful to always tell testimonies, you know. Let's end with that today. So, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for today's study on the gospel. Lord God, I know people have different opinions about what the gospel is and isn't. But Lord God, I pray that you will help us come back to the truth and the very heart of the gospel, that it is actually a freedom message, Lord. And it's based first and primarily on your love toward us. Because if you didn't make the first move, we would be damned for eternity. And it was that first move that you made, which was love. Just like the woman caught in adultery, Lord, the first thing you said was, where's your accusers? I don't accuse you. Lord, you, sh you showed her the love of God and then led her to the law of God. And so, Lord, I pray you help us to share the gospel uh, more effectively, more efficiently and more powerfully, Lord God, as we share that message you've given to us, which is a freedom message. Jesus, we ask this in your precious name. Use us for your glory. Use us to make disciples of all nations. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. See you again soon. Bye-bye.